Hello, and welcome to this very special third episode of Coronation Podcast. I am your host, Jennifer, and welcome to the show. On today's episode, I talk about getting into TikTok at the age of 30. Um, I talk about craft fairs and how useful they can be in this day and age and why I feel you should do them if you are a small business. And I also talk about the National Diversity Awards and the fact that for some strange reason, someone felt it necessary to nominate me. (laughs) I say that like I'm not grateful. I am very grateful for the record. All this and more on this episode of Coronation Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Coronation Podcast. And um, today I'm going to be talking about something that, honestly, I did not intend on talking about because this didn't come up till today. But I um, I've been nominated for an award. And I'm still a bit like, what? About it. <laughs> so, um, this is through, this is an award category from the National Diversity Awards, which has been going on for a while, as far as I can tell. I did not do enough research into them because my brain has been still going uh, for quite a while. Like, only enough for me to go and get, you know, get a bit of food. And that's literally it. My brain's just been a bit like, <laughs> kind of shocked, really. Um, so National Diversity Awards, it's a whole, it's an awards thing to try, you know, to, uh, they try to promote, um, diversity and all the rest of it into, you know, and they invite people to nominate members of the community that have, that embody this stuff. And there's five, I believe, different awards. So there's a positive role model. There's a celebrity of the year. There's... Oh, Oh, there's also a diverse company, I think it's called. Then there's one for a community organization. And then there's one for entrepreneur of excellence. And well, yeah. Um, so I'd seen this about, oh God, I think I came across this over the weekend. And I'd put some links up about it. And knowing that my fellow, some of my fellow disabled creators would put the word out and get people to nominate folks that they feel are deserving of an award. Um, I, in turn, then nominated a couple of my friends who I haven't exactly told them, but I think they've been able to work it out, maybe. Um, So uh, one of the people who got nominated was my mate Tyler from Making Mistakes. Um, He's been nominated under the Positive Role Model award which is awesome and there's also um Chantel who runs visibility arts um she's been nominated under the community organization award um because of course because of the work that visibility arts do and uh, and then I was just like oh browsing around and then I found out my mate Ollie got nominated um, again, under positive role model um, for his work, their work, sorry, I used the wrong pronoun, sorry, Ollie, uh, for their uh, work with the Cosplay Journal. If you don't know what the Cosplay Journal is, I'll put a link in the podcast descriptions, but um, the Cosplay Journal is a very inclusive uh, cosplay journal, like magazine, it comes out every quarter, and 
it goes into all sorts of topics, but their big thing is about inclusivity and representation. Um, so rather than just with a lot of the other ones who I'm not going to name, the other cosplay magazines who are like, you know, white fit person there, white fit able-bodied cis person here. Um, the current, the, the, sorry, the cosplay journal go in the completely opposite direction. You know, they sort of purposely pick people from marginalized groups and then, then they're the cover star and they have an in-depth sort of featured interview in that issue, which is great because it means that, um, and because it means that folks who may not be approached otherwise are being approached, but also, um, there's a series that uh, Daisy does, who's one of the right, regular writers, um, called Access Review, and she talks about all sorts of like access, you know, disabled access uh, related issues to do with cons and stuff, and to do with costuming and all the rest of it. Like she does incredible work. You have to check out everything the Cosplay Journal does. But yeah, I saw those nominations for my mates, and I just thought, oh, this is great, you know. Um, these people really deserve it. They're lovely. Um, I couldn't be happier. And then this morning, well, I say this morning, more like midday. Sorry, ma'am. <laughs> more like midday because I stayed up till about three in the morning because I was writing till about two. Um, and um, I got up, took my thyroxine, sitting in the living room, was about to try and do a bit more writing. And that went down the toilet because, well, <laughs> I got an email. Congratulations, Coronation Soap. You've been nominated for an award. Now, it took a good five, maybe ten minutes for me to go, what? What? Wait, what? Um, And I'm still in that phase a little bit. I'm still a bit like, wait, what the fuck? Um, and I, it took me a while to then appreciate what was going on. And I thought, oh my God, who, I mean, one, I'd love to know who nominated me. I still don't know. Cause they don't tell you. Um, so I have no idea. I'd love to know. Um, and then they ask you to fill in, um, a profile and like some details to support your nomination, which is a really good idea because then it means that, you know, your nomination is up there and it's, you know, for it to continue, it has to essentially have your consent, which I think is a good idea. Um, so there was that and I filled in. And I'm going to read to you what I wrote. Now, you can read this for yourselves on um, on uh, the link I'm going to put in to help. So if you want to support my nomination... Um, you can write in to say why you think I deserve to win the, the award. Um, honestly, if you want to, then that's all well and good. Um, I'll put a link in again. But here's here, here's what I do. Now, I'm going to warn you now. Um, here's a trigger warning for um, mentions of... Only mentions of, but not descriptions of um, ableism, uh, sexual violence domestic abuse and um, LGBT phobia, well, homophobia, phobia towards the LGBT community in general. Um, so with that in mind, uh, <clears throat> we're going to go in. So this is where I start. Um, I start with my name and that I am 30-year-old multi-disabled businesswoman. Uh, I created Coronation Soap in part because I struggled to maintain employment due in part to see a seeming inability for adjustments in the workforce. 
I am autistic with Ella Danlos syndrome type 3 and fibromyalgia. I also deal with complex PTSD, depression, and anxiety. All of these things can create a host of issues from a, a mix of the difficulties themselves and society's shortcomings. I have faced a lot of discrimination and prejudice from folks who seem to believe that disabled folks are lesser in some way, including the liberal and frequent use of slur words. I lived through domestic abuse and to the schoolyard bullying in parallel as I grew up. I was routinely dealt with um, as if I was inherently weak, which made me prey to sexual predators as a teenager and adult. I was subjected to a lot of homophobic-fueled abuse as a teenager because of a close relative who was LGBTQ+. This, in turn, made my own journey to realise my place in the LGBT community difficult. My physical health declined in my, from my late teens, and it took a decade for me to be taken seriously and finally be diagnosed with EDS type 3 and fibromyalgia. I'm going to pause right there to notice a, note a couple of things. A close relative who's LGBTQ+, I'm not going to mention who that person is because I'm not in contact with this individual uh, for various reasons. Um, and I don't feel like it's appropriate for me to represent them on a podcast without my cons- without their consent. Um, but the people in my life will know who I mean. So, And that's really the thing that matters, really. You know, you, the public don't really need to know. And frankly, at this point, I would rather associate with a snotty handkerchief than associate with them. So... That's a different thing altogether. Wow, that almost went a little... Uh, that went almost slightly Jeremy Kyle-ish, which is not a good way. Okay, sorry. Uh, another thing I'd like to point out, um, when I say it took a decade for me to be taken seriously, that's true. I actually started going to the doctor complaining about my joints when I was about 19 years old, 18, 19, um, because I couldn't, didn't feel like I could before I became an adult. Uh, I finally got the proper diagnosis of Allodanlos type 3, which is in colloquially also in the medical field known as joint hypermobility spectrum disorder and fibromyalgia. That happened, what, about May, June, July-ish, so spring, summer of last year when I was 29. So, yeah, really, when I say it took a decade, I mean it, it took a decade. <laughs> Let's continue. I decided towards the end of 2018 that I was going to try and become my own boss in business whilst affecting the sort of change I believe would benefit disabled folks. I couldn't want change without doing something to bring it about. That started by ensuring my products were as accessible as I could make them. My soaps, candles and lip balms are all vegan. The soaps themselves are created in a variety of shapes to suit all sorts of hand abilities, whilst the scents are present but not so overwhelming that they can create sensory overloads in those with sensory processing issues. That last bit in particular about sensory processing issues is particularly important for me. I, as part of the autism, I do have issues with sensory processing, otherwise known as hypersensitive sensory disorder or something like that. Um, essentially, my all of my senses are very, very sensitive, but the worst two are touch and smell which you can imagine is very fun. <laughs> Let's continue. As part of my way to give back to the community, I wanted to make charity challenges a part of my business. Like many disabled people, I find mainstream charity challenges generally involve sport, which is exclusionary to most disabled folks. Inspired by the success of H Bomber Guy's charity gaming stream, I created the Charity Craftathon Challenge. The first challenge was a 24-hour challenge in September 2019, 
I streamed the challenge on Facebook and made soaps, lip balms and candles non-stop. I also spoke to people on the stream and took orders. I did this to raise money for Survivors UK and Rape Crisis England and Wales, a charity I have utilised the services of in the past. I raised around £150 between both charities. After that, I decided to make the Craft Fun a regular charity challenge for my business. On Saturday, the 28th of March 2020, I will be embarking on the 12 hour charity Craft Fun to raise money in aid of Martlet's Hospice. Two other creators are joining me, and we have raised over £350 so far. I am in the early planning stages of the second 12 hour charity Craft Fun, which will likely take place around September or October. Okay, let's look at this again. So, um, I was mentioning H Bomber Guy. That's absolutely true. Um, actually, so if you don't know, um, H Bomber Guy, otherwise known as Harry Brewis, he's a YouTuber. Um, he's awesome. <laughs> uh, really, really cool um, from the sounds. And I, I, I like a lot of his videos. He doesn't upload nearly as much as I'd like, but honestly, with the quality that he goes to, I'd rather he you know kept the quality so anyway he um he did i think it was like a 50 hour or something ludicrous like gaming stream he just kept gaming for like 50 plus hours and he did it to raise money for mermaids um charity who help um trans children now the reason he did this was well twofold essentially mermaids um were risking having their lottery funding taken away because a bunch of transphobes are a bunch of transphobes, um, who you can tell I do not like. And um, Graham Lynham in particular got very arsy as if he's going to protect the kids. Not protecting the kids when you're being transphobic to the trans kids. H bomber guy <laughs> decides, do you know what? Um, I'm going to spite this... Um, no longer even slightly relevant com um, com uh, former com comedy writer, now current asshole. Um, so he decided, all right, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do this gaming stream, and he did, and he ended up raising like over three hundred thousand dollars for mermaids. I mean, he had people like share show up on his stream and like. Alexandra Ocasio Cortez and like all of these, like quite a lot of famous people showed up to give support and to play along. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, it was amazing. He did a really, 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 really good job. I think he was playing Donkey Kong for like a lot of it, if not all of it. Like, I can't 100% remember. But I loved it so much, not just because it was a beautiful bit of spite towards bigoted people, but because. It was such a great and kind thing to do for a charity that he felt passionate enough about. And I thought, I'd love to do something like that. But it's difficult, again, as I say, because a lot of charity challenges involve sports. And that's not really something I can do. Uh, I rely on mobility aids, so I can't run a marathon. I can't like do a triathlon. Um, the Probably the closest I could come to is swimming laps. And even then, that would really that there's a good chance that, that that won't go very well. Like I would have to be like hoisted out of the swimming pool, which nobody wants. So, you know. Um. So yeah, I, I this is very genuine. I I then thought, well, what can I do in a space of twenty four hours that could raise money for charity? Oh, I know, I'll make things and I'll live stream it. I'll have someone else with me to take orders, which I did. Uh, Pixie from Pixie's Props. 
Um, she gave up the, her whole weekend to help me, like the absolute champion she is. Um, and yeah, so I did 24 hours. The reason that I went to 12 hours, I have talked about this before, is because I couldn't do 24 hours again. Like, I don't remember much of the last six hours. I know I felt drunk, but I wasn't actually drunk. <laughs> it was just, I was a bit delirious because I hadn't slept for well over 24 hours at this point. I think by the time I finally, finally went to sleep, I think I'd been awake for about 34 hours. It was ludicrous. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, other things I point to point out. Uh, like I said, um, so in that paragraph, there was an update that uh, we are now at three hundred and fifty-seven pounds eighty-seven p raised for Martlets, which is amazing. We still have a, uh, a month and four days to go. Holy crap! Until the actual challenge happens. So if you do want to donate ahead of time, then you know uh, the Just Giving fundraiser link is still open. I'll put a link in the description. And it's very true. I am in the very, very early planning stages for the second 12-hour charity craftathon. I'm just trying to decide when I'm going to do it. There's a couple of things going on around then, uh, including my birthday. So I'm trying to sort of plan a little in advance. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, nothing happens on my birthday. Uh, so <laughs> um, actually, I could do whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> I'll continue. I gave a talk at the Inspiring Talks Brighton November 2019 event called Autism, a Business Superpower. I am of the opinion that my disabilities may provide uni unique obstacles, but they can also be used in a useful and beneficial way. I want to demonstrate from my own journey that if the mainstream adjusts for the disabled, society will flourish and thrive. I may be a small business owner with multiple disabilities, but that doesn't mean I can't try to affect positive change. Because I, the thing is, I did not want this to become some sort of sob story. As much as I've had a very traumatic childhood uh, and very traumatizing early 20s, which, yeah, I don't want to go into great details right now. But at the same time, and that's relevant and that has shaped a lot of who I am. What's also shaped a lot of who I am is, um, you know, well, you know, it's not all bad. Um I don't mean the trauma, I just mean my child, you know, one of the things that my mother in particular really instilled in me is, like, you don't give up. If you know that something's fruitless, that's one thing. And if you know that you have to step away, that's one thing. But you don't give up. If, so if you fail at something, you get up and you try again, and you get up and you try again. And as long as you try your best, and as long as you try hard then that's the main thing that counts because you honestly cannot be expected to do anything else than that. So yeah, um, in in short, in that little rant, my mum's awesome, which I also said in the pre in a previous podcast. But yeah, so um, if you do want to support my nomination, I'll put a link in the podcast. There'll also be links all over social media. I'm sure I'll do a TikTok about it, which will bring me on to my next topic. <laughs> Fucking TikTok. But yeah, um, there have been a few people who have nominated me already. Uh, and I just want to say to them, thank you so, 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 so much for nominating me. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate the fact that you have that sort of faith and belief in me and my achievements so far. And I can tell you that all of this, even if I hadn't been nominated and it was just seeing my friends get nominated, that in of itself inspires me enough for me to want to do better. 
And now that I have people in my corner saying, uh, like with a very, very visible proof of belief, I'm just like, okay, well, I've got to do better. I have got to keep going. Um, I've got to keep, you know, shouting out for the uh, for the rights I feel disabled people need. I've got to promote the small businesses. I've got to share because I care <laughs> from last episode. Um, you know, I've got to keep that going because, you know, if you want to affect change, you've got to be part of that change. You've got to be prepared to, you know, buckle down. So... Yeah, I I don't personally think I'll get shortlisted, but I mean, I'm just honoured enough that this happened at all. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Next up, TikTok. So, um, I'm going to talk about TikTok. So, if you don't know what TikTok is, it's sort of like, it's a, it's a, it's a video sharing app, a lot like what v- I believe Vine used to be like, except it hasn't been shut down yet. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that was really salty, wasn't it? Um, so, um, it's like, people can do all sorts with it you know they can do like duet things and reactions and like they sort of li- there's a lot of lip sync lip syncing sort of videos i actually think it can be a pretty cool app when used properly there have been some pretty weird things that come out of it like certain meme challenge things that have made certain songs go big um and then there are some th- like tiktok stuff that i think is total trash but not unlike you know youtube so really, I can't really shit on TikTok for crappy content when I frequent YouTube and YouTube has the exact same problem, except on a much bigger scale because, you know, they let people like Onision stay on. Anyway, without going into that rabbit hole. Um, so I created a TikTok a while ago and did not use it because... I couldn't for the life of me work out how to use it. I sound like a fucking boomer. I swear I am not a boomer, all right? I'm 30. I'm 30. I am not a boomer, all right? I'm up with the kids. I know what yeet means. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm making it worse. <laughs> Remember in my day when kids didn't have mobile phones? <laughs> Oh my god. Do you know what? I see, on the side note, I see people my age say shit like that, and I'm like, mate, you're talking to turning into the people we swore we never would. Oh my god. These kids and their typos. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm just realising, having a realisation of, oh my god, I'm getting old. She says, I'm 30, I'm really not that old. Anyway, um, so I couldn't work out how to use it. And my friend Pixie, I swear, I'm just going to have a bell for every time she's mentioned or something and just go. And Or actually, no, do you know what will be weird will be the podcast where I don't mention her. That will be a weird ass day. Anyway, um, Pixie got me into it a little bit and she tried to explain how to do it, but I couldn't work it out. And I, I had enough going on as it was at the time. So I just thought, ah, ah. And you know what? I'll get to it another time. I'm sure I can utilize the use for it. Do you know what? I'll leave it alone for now. I have too much to go on. I left it alone. And then I, I 
saw a few TikToks and then I watched. <laughs> admittedly, I then watched a video between I'm Alex and Jackmate, who I've watched from time to time. Interesting dudes. You should subscribe. Um, they one of them was trying to get the other into TikTok, and it was quite funny. Um, <laughs> and I then went back and sort of liked those videos because I thought they were funny. And then and I thought, well, I need to work out what to do with this TikTok. And then I couldn't think of anything. And I was like, okay, I'm back to square one now. Great, thanks. <sighs> Would have been fun if it wasn't for them meddling jackmates. Sorry. Um, old joke, I'm sorry. Um, so then I... Uh, so then... I started seeing, I started binging on Instagram these resin demolding videos. Now, there's something very satisfying about demolding videos and the sound and all the rest of it. And some of the views were insane. And I thought, okay, do you know what? Maybe I could do this on TikTok. It might not go very well, might not do anything, but sod it. Might as well give it a go, see where it goes. And then I put up two videos quite close to each other. One was just like a thing of me moving my feet about whilst on the chair to Everything is Awesome from the Lego movie um, because I was at a pain flare and I couldn't really do any dancing. So I thought, oh, yeah, this is... And I had my uh, walking stick in the shop because that was a day where I... normally I don't need my walking stick to get around my flat, but it was a very bad flare. So I really needed it to just keep going. So I had it in there and I thought, oh, well, there's visual representation of disability and me dancing that's that's cool and then um and then i put up a video of me demolding a new product so uh, i haven't released it yet because i've only got one of this item and i'm gonna wait till i have a few but there are these little um i have present soaps now i've got present resin items that you can use as decorative pieces i've only got the one so far i will work out how to do some more at some point i i swear i'll do it um i put that on there and oh the noise is great like because the camera is quite close and i say camera my phone because i use my phone for this and the noise it catches is gorgeous just this sort of noises um it's great so i put that on there put in a few tags because that was easy to do thankfully tiktok made that easy posted it didn't think much of it thought okay well maybe this is a good alternative platform for coronation soap you know and then <laughs> the next morning i check um next afternoon really and there was 1600 views on that present popping one and i was like oh well okay the algorithm clearly worked for me for that one moment um it's clearly never gonna work like that for me again but sod it cool um so yeah um and i got some more followers and then some more of them found because you can link onto your instagram account so they then found the instagram account for coronation soap and you know so that's been quite helpful. And also it means that I now kind of have to do demolding videos on a regular basis every time I make things now. I've almost run out of them. <laughs> well, there's a few I can't, there's two I can't actually um, release yet, but I did release one. It was a present which um, announced the fact that I'm now, uh, I, I can't, that at some point, probably in April, I will be opening commissions for resin art. 
So, yeah, look out for that. But, yeah, um, essentially, um, TikTok has proved to be a very interesting platform. Now, none of the other videos have performed nearly as well as that present one, by any stretch of the imagination, not even near to it combined. But I don't actually care that much because I think, do you know what? Sod it. This is a decent platform. I've worked out how to use it. This is actually workable. Nice. Fair enough. So I'm not I'm not saying that I love TikTok because I don't. Um, you know, there's it's amazing how restrictive 15 seconds is. It's also amazing how many audio clips you cannot find for anything longer than 30 seconds or 15 seconds. But having said that, I think it could be a very good and very creative tool for people. And I think actually, if you are um, a creator and you want another platform, but you don't want to do big, long, showy videos, TikTok could actually be a good place for it. Actually, you could do some fun with it. Like, if you consider what you could do, like, I've got a crafter coming up. And, you know, there's bits that I could do for TikTok and be like, oh, look at me, I'm doing this now, and, oh, time to carry things to the bus. You know, all sorts, right? So I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing where it goes. And you can promote stuff too. Like, I've done a video which basically shows how you can donate to the Just Giving um, fundraiser. I've also done, um, well, I will do I haven't done it yet, but probably tomorrow or like maybe Wednesday, I'll do a little video about how you can nominate for me on the uh, on my nomination page for the National uh, Diversity Awards. Yeah, there's all sorts. Like I've got some pretty cool ideas, and I actually feel really grateful that I waited, found what I could do, and I've run with it. Um, again, I only really have one demolding video left that I can post before a certain point because there's a couple out there that I do have but I can't release yet because they're well they're surprises for people and they're not going to know for a bit that's all I'm going to say thankfully I don't think those people involved actually have any actually listen to this so I think I'm safe but yeah I, I want to wait until um until that's done and then I can demol it because then there's no spoiling of any surprises so but having said that if I get more resin orders or commission orders which are totally available then who knows? Maybe I'll have more demolding videos for people to enjoy. I do also post them on Instagram, but I post them on TikTok first. Um, but Instagram, they, they're they doing quite decently on there too. So um, in short, TikTok's pretty cool. I'm finally navigating my way around it, but at some point, hopefully I can do something a bit more imaginative than, hey, look, I demolded a thing. Next up and the final topic will be craft fairs. Should you do them? Are they any fun? And advice to anyone who wants to organise or go to them. Coming up next. Craft fairs. They're pretty cool, right? I, I would happen to think so. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh, God, why would I want to go to a craft fair? And I don't mean people who want to buy from craft fairs. Like, from the consumer point of view, you're thinking, oh, I could get some unique stuff here, especially if it's in the run-up to holidays or, Christ you know, particularly like Christmas. 
people like going to craft fairs because you just don't know what you'll find. And you might just find that really unique thing that, you know, will really fit someone you know. You, know. you never know. <laughs> I use that phrase too much. You never know. Now, from a vendor perspective, yeah, doing craft fairs can be really tiring. They're very exhausting. It's There's no guarantees. It's a bit of a risk every time you go. Um, again, there's no, like I said, there's no guarantees. But honestly, it can be of a huge benefit. Even if you don't make loads and loads of money, it could be of huge benefit. And I'm going to go through a few I'm going to go through why I found them beneficial and then go through some tips. Now, the first thing I must add, I must bring up when I talk about benefits of going to craft fairs is the people I've met. That's the big one for me. Now, I, you know, I live in my own little bubble, in my own flat. And because of my various medical issues, I can't just go bounding around going to meet up with all the people. And also, I'm quite introverted. Like, when I'm, people don't realize this when they meet me. But I'm quite introverted. I'm quite happy being on my own or maybe just being with my partner or just with a couple of mates, you know, perfectly content. I don't need to be in a huge room full of people. <laughs> but the thing is, I've managed to meet people at craft fairs I would never have met otherwise. I've met people who, you know, I've become friends with, people who have given me some fantastic advice, people who've been able to help me as I've grown. And people who just plain like what I do, and I just plain love what they do. So, you know, um, I've met some pretty cool people, and I, I honestly couldn't have done that without bothering to go to craft fairs at all. So there's that element. And there's also the element of actually getting the word out there. It may seem really weird to go to your local craft fair and think that you could get the word out, but you really could. If you're professional, inviting, friendly, and you can sell yourself a little bit and give people your business cards, then honestly, like it can really make a difference because as much as you can put stuff out online on Facebook and Instagram, the algorithms are not in our favor. Let's be very, very, very real for a second. The algorithms for Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and all that is shit unless you get very, very lucky. So honestly, um, in, you will do a lot better by going out there, selling your stuff in person and giving out your business card because then people tend to come back. It might not be every single person and it almost certainly isn't half, but that's still more people than you would have done if you just stayed at home. You know, as much as you can try and get your friends and family to share stuff on social media, one, they don't have to, they don't owe you that um chore and secondly they've got other things to do and third even if they do there's no guarantee other people they know are going to click on it so going to craft fairs is really really essential to grow your customer base and i can tell you from experience i've come across people who then have liked my stuff and then gone oh i'm going to go to that fair as well and then we meet we come across each other and it doesn't happen all that often but there's a couple of people who i see from time to time, just at craft fest, and like, oh, good, I'm glad you're here. I wanted to buy stuff off you. Oh, great. And, you know, I think there's an argument to be had to try and be as regular as you can. Because if you're a presence in the community and you're, a, uh, you know, even if it starts small, and it will always start small, but if you can make yourself as more most, much of a presence as you can, 
within reason, of course, you know, then you're more likely to sell. People are more likely to remember and people are more likely to go, oh yeah, what, what was that stuff she makes? Soap, is it? Hmm, ooh, actually, I might get some of her. I know her. She's cool. Oh, I know him. He's a nice lad. He's got some cool stuff there. Ah. So, yeah, craft fairs are very, very important. And I'm going to give you some, some people out there who um, may be a bit shy about going, unsure, don't like them very much, or have only done a couple that are a bit skeptical. Here are some advice that I can give you. You need to work out, firstly, whether the craft fair you're going to is appropriate or whether it's whether you, what you've got will fit. For example, um, if I were to go to, you know, if I was to go to um, an art-oriented thing with what I've got, that's not quite going to fit because I don't sell art. Not yet, anyway. That's coming soon. <laughs> but with a lot of craft fairs, because of what I do is quite eclectic and quite different and varied, and accessible, then generally speaking, it will fit um, because of what I do have. So it's worth finding what will fit and what will work and what won't. And it's also worth giving things a try as well. You don't know unless you try. So you really do have to just jump off the board and go. Now, another thing that I find really helpful is to look at whether craft fairs are even right for you at all. Um, because if you've got like big expensive things, like say if you're trying to like sell quilts for like a hundred quid or something, then you may well run into issues because yes, your stuff is great, but your the cost is not exactly it's you know, it will definitely fit what you make, but it's not exactly, you know, on the day friendly. People don't generally carry hundred quid on them to be able to spend. So if you are going to go to a craft fair, consider whether what you sell and what you make is something people would have the potential to buy or whether you're actually just happy to spend that money to purely network. You're going to have to network your ass off. Prepare. Prepare, 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 prepare. <laughs> just prepare because if you don't, you are preparing to fail and I'm going to hate the word prepare after this. <laughs> that means make sure you've got a float ready um, with notes and coins. Make sure you've got a card reader. If you have one, I highly recommend you buy a card reader. You can get one on SumUp for 18 quid, one-off payment. It takes 1.6% of each card transaction, and it pays for itself very quickly. So honestly, you know, especially in, you know, people are starting to go cashless a lot more now. Please get a card reader. Make sure that you have cloths ready. Um, generally speaking, craft fairs do not provide cover for your table. So make sure you have one with you. Make sure it's clean. Make sure it's presentable. Make sure you have business cards ready. I know some people don't do them or haven't gone around to it. Please, please, please make sure you have them. They are so essential. It's really essential. Um make sure that your stock is ready. Make sure you have enough to take with you. It's always better to take too much and to still have some to take back rather than to have too little, potentially not have enough to keep your shop going online and to run into issues that way. 
surely, yes, you would have to remake things anyway, but it's better just to have too much rather than too little because you could always swap things around. Um, another thing to prepare for is to physically and mentally prepare yourself because it is a long, arduous task. Craft fairs, you have to be there the whole time. You know, longer still because you have to prepare, you have to set up, sorry, and you have to pack away. Um, you know, and you have to be on professional way. I know for my fellow autistics, uh, the masking for that long and that consistently is an exhausting prospect. And even I'm feeling like just thinking about it. But it's essential. And honestly, um, just prepare yourself. Make sure you're calm. Make sure you're relaxed. Make sure um, you're you're feeling okay within yourself. Make sure because that's important. If you're not calm and you're frazzled and you're too tired, you're going to be a mess. And that's no good for anybody, especially. And this is most important for yourself. Now. If you can't make a craft fair, then do just let the organizer know as soon as you can. They may well, you know, depending on what they do in terms of deposit schemes, you might get your money back, you might not. You know, it very much depends on their terms and conditions. And I would check that before you book anywhere. But I can tell you now, having known some organizers, that they would much rather you told them, explain what was going on, and just said, look, I'm really sorry, I can't make it, this has come up. Because then they can go, okay, look, that's fair enough. Thanks for letting me know. I hope you're okay. Let me know if you want to come another time. And then, you know, that means that, you know, they know they know to ex- not expect you present. They could maybe even sell that table on to someone else. Um, and they then, you know, and then that builds an element of trust because you have been honest with them. <laughs> Don't, and here's another thing, which I'm going to leave this as my last tip because otherwise I could be here forever. One thing that's very important is expectation management. Now, here's what I mean. Yes, you may well sell a lot one day. You might not. If you're a small business and you don't have a huge presence for people to come to see you specifically, you're not necessarily, unless you have the most incredible product known to mankind, you are not going to sell out and you can't expect to either. For me personally, um, what I consider a success or a failure, the difference between success and failure is whether I break even or not. So if have I covered the cost of the table back? Have I covered any travel costs I might have incurred? Have I covered the cost of any food? That would be breaking even. If I do, I've considered it a success. Even if I don't sell much more than that, it doesn't matter because I've lost nothing. But if I don't break even, that's when I'm like, ah, okay, I need to take stock and see what happened and what went wrong. It could just be that there weren't that many people. Generally speaking, whenever I haven't broken even, it's always it's always because there weren't any people around, either because the event was quiet or because it landed on a day where there was a big event or because of freak weather that no one could control and no one really saw coming, so no one's fault. But, you know, I think the one thing that people expect is to be able to sell lots and lots and lots, and it's not like that. You know, we are in a situation economically where it's not fantastic. People don't have nearly as much disposable income as they used to, with, you know, wages not rising in in connection with the rising cost of living and the rising cost 
of everyday essentials. So we have to be, we have to have some degree of expectation management on that front. However, now that I've mentioned that, the upside to that is if you do sell and you make a profit, you're going to feel so much happier about that because you haven't gone, oh, I wanted to make 20 quid. You've gone, I wanted to break even to cover all the costs I've made, but now I've made even more than that. Booyah, yes. But, you know, that's the thing. Like, don't, you know, just be aware and realistic about your expectations. If you do want to ask any further questions, then feel free to drop me a message. I can only really speak to my own experiences and I've only ever done craft fairs in Brighton and Peacehaven. So I couldn't really tell you about the scene anywhere else. But what I can say, and I should have given this more time, is that the folks that I have encountered at um, fairs in Brighton and Peacehaven have on the whole been really good people really nice to chat to, very friendly, very helpful, and just generally decent people to be around. So if you are thinking about doing an event in Brighton, then I highly recommend doing it, looking into it. If you want recommendations for Brighton, hit me up. And thank you for tuning in to this very special third episode of Coronation Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about Coronation Soap, you can head over to my social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. The links for that will be in the description for this podcast. If you'd like to support my nomination on the National Diversity Awards for the Entrepreneur of Excellence Awards, then the link will be in the description below. Head over to the National Diversity Awards website, go to the nominee list, and you can find me there. Make sure that you're, you continue to donate to the Martlets Just Giving fundraiser that myself, Pixies, Props, and Deste Designs have. We are currently just a little over a month away from the charity Craftathon, so please head over to the Just Giving fundraiser page. The link, of course, will be in the description below. Next week, among other things, I shall be discussing Brighton Craft Fair because I'm back there on Saturday. Was it fun? Was it was it was it fun? It probably will be. Either way, I'm going to let you know in full next week. Until then, bye.